there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. How's it going? Hope school is going great and that you're enjoying all your classes and professors. Hope your roommates aren't keeping you up later than you want to because they're nocturnal. I have a situation like that in my family. I won't go into it. And well, you know what? We all need and like sleep. And for other Java junkies in the working world, I hope you're learning lots too. And making mistakes because that means you're pushing the envelope. And honestly, the best way to learn is to screw up. God knows I am screwing up right now. I had to do this introduction all over again. I screwed up at the beginning and it's all good. I'm getting time for coffee off the ground and I've never done it before. And I'm putting myself out there, guys, so you can too. And the best part is that I'm my own boss. Life is a journey, my friends, and you got to keep pushing yourself to find your own joy and passion. Speaking of joy and passion, my next guest embodies both. So grab your mug and take a chug because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest today is someone I had the great pleasure of working with when she and I were at the Global Humanitarian and Development Organization, Mercy Corps. But I really got to know her during an incredible trek she and I took in Nepal. After we'd wrapped up a work trip in Nepal's capital of Kathmandu, we will get into that for sure during our longer T4C interview. Johanna Therese combines her love of philanthropy and philanthropists in her role as Chief Development Officer at the Oregon Community Foundation. She brings 30 years of development experience to lead a statewide team of highly qualified philanthropic advisors who help individuals and families create legacies of giving through donor-advised funds, scholarship funds, and testamentary gifts, which basically means it's put in your will or your trust. Johanna, my trekking companion, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I'm so excited to be here and talking with you, Andrea. It's been way too long. I know. Thank you. I know. But are you caffeinated, my friend? Well, actually, I'm not because I listened to your podcast with Dr. Mark Hyman, and he so inspired me that I'm on his 10-day detox (gasps) diet, which includes no coffee. I love it. Oh, my God. If I could give you a hug right through the Skype (laughs) audio, I would be giving you a hug and a high five. Yes, I totally embrace that. And the whole Java thing, it's all about what works for your body. So congratulations, my friend. Thank you. So let's jump right into the espresso shots here. What? entry-level jobs, Johanna, are available to Java junkies who want to break into the world of philanthropy, the world of development, all of the above? Yeah. Well, I think it's great to start as early as you can in a variety of ways. If you have an interest in in working for the betterment of the world, let's just put it out there in a big way. (laughs) Volunteering is an amazing way 
to understand what nonprofits do. And it's the way that you really start to understand the mission of an organization and how you can be helpful. And it's a great resume builder. For those still in college, phonathons and the development office, every college and university has one. They're often very big and robust departments. But if you can get a a job in the development office doing whatever, you will start to understand the language of development and just develop an acuity. And it'll be on your resume, which is the best part. And you will have a jump start on entering the field. Once you're graduated, you know, I have an amazing assistant who has a real interest in pursuing nonprofit management. And he's just learning the ropes here at the Community Foundation and learning how we work, how we work with donors, the language we use, how we interact with our colleagues. All of those are great ways to just get started. Mm, I love it. Johanna, what is a useful skill or skills that you look for in the people that you hire? Well, development is often equated with sales, which is an analogy I don't love. It has, there are some aspects of needing to feel confident enough to meet new people, be curious about them, and to share the mission of the organization you're working for with them. So in that way, it is sales oriented. But it's always important to remember that what we're really doing is offering an opportunity for people to give us money with essentially nothing in return. And that's how it's very different from sales. So what I look for are people who have amazing listening skills, actually. It's the most, it's the single most important quality, I think, in a good development person. Mm -hmm. You're listening for nuance. You're listening for what people don't say. And you're, you know, all the while you're trying to think about how, what their goals and aspirations are tie into your organization's mission. I'm always a little bit wary of people who talk too much and never ask a question. Mm. I look for people who really have deep interest in the mission of the organization that I'm working for because it translates to working with donors. They want to give their money to an organization, but they're also interacting with you. And if they feel that you're ambivalent about what you're doing, it sort of makes them feel less excited. So those are the two things I look for. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not excited about what you do, (laughs) why would they ever want to be with, you know, investing in the projects and programs of your organization. Yeah, for sure. So, Johanna, is someone's major a deciding factor to break into the field of development? You know, I think I actually think a liberal arts education is a brilliant background for this job. In my experience, I have met so many people from all walks of life and being able to understand just a tiny bit of what they're talking about, if they're engineers, if they're architects, if they're educators. You know, my knowledge is a mile wide and an inch deep on many, many topics. And I've just learned that it really serves me well. I majored in German lit, which, okay, like how (laughs) weird can it be? Right. So I think it's about having a broad sort of spectrum of interests. And frankly, any major is going to be good. And if people have, I do think a business degree is not a 
bad degree to have either because nonprofits are run like businesses and you know, they need to run in the black and people need to understand money. So that's as good a business as any also. But I just think if you've got the passion for it, what major you had will not hold you back. By the way, I didn't mean to diss your German lit major. I like Gerta as, as much as the next person, but I was just thinking, <laughs> holy cow, we knew Johanna did not have any idea what she was going to be doing when she graduated. But that's our next conversation. So what about a graduate school degree? And less so, Johanna, for the entry-level positions and more so for someone who wants to get to the top of this field? Yeah, I do think an MBA is helpful, especially if you're interested in being an executive director of a nonprofit, sort of moving into that realm, that's really helpful. Several schools now offer a master's in nonprofit management. That can be really helpful. I would just caution that the degree doesn't necessarily translate into being a great development person. And so I would still recommend volunteering, getting an internship, working at some nonprofit, even as you get that that master's in nonprofit management. Yeah, that is wonderful advice. Johanna, what kind of life experiences do you think are most useful for someone starting out in this field? Well, it's an interesting question because it gets at what I call people's relationship with money. So all of us have money flowing through our lives one way or another. Some have more, some have less. And in the world of development, we work with a lot of high net worth individuals, especially on the major gift side. And so I think your life experience informs your relationship with money. And it's good to unpack that so that if you have weirdness around money, discomfort around money, discomfort around people with money, just kind of figure out what that's about. Because money is just a flow of energy. And I think all life experience is good. And I'm just focusing on that because it's the one that can gum people up. But essentially, all of your life experience is valuable in this field. And you'll come across people that enjoy doing the same things you do, have the same political views you do. And you'll come across people that have totally opposite political views and do things you've never heard of. So it's all good. We all sort of enjoy learning from each other, but it's about being open and not very judgmental. Oh, that is so interesting and just so insightful and wise. Johanna, what for you is the best part of being in the philanthropic development world? I I have loved every one of my development roles. I've had four in my career, and I just feel like I have lucked out in the biggest way. I've met the most interesting people who have an impulse to make the world a better place and to equal the playing field and to equal the opportunities for others. They recognize they've been fortunate and their willingness to share inspires me every day. It really does. I have sought organizations that really speak to my values in terms of where I work. And for many years, 21 years, I worked in education, in private school education and private college education. And 
I care deeply about education. I feel like it saved my life in many ways. And so it was very easy to, for me to feel passionate about that work. When you and I worked at Mercy Corps, I mean, really, I got a PhD in global studies, learning about people all over the globe, understanding what really was impactful intervention and helping people make their lives better. And now here at the Oregon Community Foundation, I feel like it is, it's a gift to work here. I feel like I'm able to wrap up my many years of experience with a beautiful bow in terms of how much I've learned along the way, the ability to meet with donors I've worked with in Portland, Oregon for the last many years. It's a phenomenally great organization with a lot of integrity and, and wisdom in terms of what's good for the state of Oregon. So I think I, I veered off the question, but I just feel incredibly lucky because I see the world through optimism, through through the eyes of people who really believe they can have an impact in making the world a better place. I mean, who gets to do that every day? And the wonderful fact is you are making a difference every day. It's mm, great. So the flip side, Johanna, because every job, no matter how much we may love it, has or may have aspects that suck. So what is the part <laughs> of your current job that sucks the most? <laughs> that is so funny. Um, actually, I'm going to go back to a, a couple of other jobs because this job is a little bit different. But when you're working for a nonprofit, and I've worked for you know the ones I mentioned, but during capital campaigns, like gigantic goals where you don't know where the money's going to come from and there's a pressure to raise it. And then you, you do go through periods of drought. There's sort of, there are periods where you think this is never going to happen. I don't know how to do this. Where is that next wonderful donor going to come from? I have no idea. Why did the person that I thought would really give a million dollars to this project said no, and I'm not interested? I mean, you really do have to be somewhat resilient in living through the highs and the lows of the yeses and the nos of development work. And it's really important to remember now that I've done this for a while, I have more perspective. It's just important to remember that it's not about you. You know, it often has to do with people's personal circumstances. It may be no, but it may be not yet. It may be, it, there are just so many factors that go into it. So keeping the boat steady is really important in this work because it can mess with your emotional roller coaster at times. So that would be the hardest part about it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Johanna, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Two things. One is a repeat of what I've already said, but make sure you're pursuing organizations or fields of interest that really speak to your heart. It makes the work so much more enjoyable and doable during the rough times. And secondly, look for organizations that are big enough early on, especially where you have great mentors and people to learn from. I really believe that I learned my best development skills from other philanthropists, frankly, boards, boards of trustees, fellow colleagues, and supervisors who were 
brilliant at their work. You just don't get that in a degree program. So make that a priority when you're looking for your first few jobs. Oh, that is such wonderful advice. I wish, especially with the second one, I think I followed the first one inadvertently, but the second Mm -hmm. one, I felt very intimidated to go up to people who were more experienced than I was and to say, gosh, you know, you're so good at what you do. And I feel like I'm learning. I felt like I had to keep up the facade, like anyone thought that I really knew what I was doing, but I had to keep up the facade that I knew what I was doing. And so I think if you can drop your guard and just be authentic and honest with yourself, and Mm -hmm. with your colleagues, they will gladly take you under their wing. It's so true. I think I'm just going to say one more thing, Andrea, and authenticity, being authentic as a development person is the key. You know, you don't have to be somebody you're not. Just be yourself. I think that's true for life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Miss Jojo, what movies if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, or fiction books, do you think accurately depict your profession? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that question because there aren't too many fiction books that, or movies that talk about what I do. But I would recommend a phenomenal book to anybody interested in development. And it's the title is The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. And it really is a fabulous book about unpacking your money story yourself and recognizing that money is a currency that flows like a river. And it is a good read. And it's very inspiring. We will include that in our show notes. Thank you for that. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession, Johanna? It's fun. I mean, people think about fundraising and turn white. People say, oh, I could never do what you do. And I just think it's the most exciting job in the world. I get, you know, I just am exposed to not only the needs, challenges and opportunities around me, but around people that really want to make that true. Now, I'm not talking about direct mail fundraising here. I'm talking about person-to-person fundraising. Johanna, I want to thank you sincerely for making time for coffee, even though you probably have a glass of water sitting next to you. But I (laughs) so appreciate you making the time for coffee with me and the Java Junkie community today. You are such a pro in all of the best, the best meaning of that word and This was such a wonderful opportunity for Java Junkies to get to drink in some of the Johanna special sauce. I love you, Andrea. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.